Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. And we're back, episode number three. I am sitting here today coming to you from, what, day 13 of being in kind of lockdown mode in our homes right now with this whole COVID-19 pandemic outbreak. Um, You know what? We're doing not too bad, actually. Um, For me, it's not so hard because I'm used to kind of staying home all day and I'm used to running out just to get groceries. (laughs) Um, Of course, there's always been driving kids around and a whole bunch of activities and stuff that um that we do usually participate in especially from me on the weekends but it hasn't been that bad I know on the kids for the kids I should say it's been a lot harder because they don't get to see their friends and they haven't been able to get outside all the time or as long as they wanted or in ways that they wanted I should say um they're big soccer um geeks and just obsessed with soccer and uh they want to just kick around a ball with other people all the time but we cannot let that happen social distancing so anyway um they we are getting out for walks we're doing a lot that whatever we can pretty much but um of course they are still going through um periods of crankiness and you know some some hard times but I think we all are and I think for all of you I just want to say especially you've likely got a baby or a toddler or multiple at home and um I just want to say you know I hope you guys are doing okay mentally physically um I hope you're finding some outlets I hope that you realize that this is just a time in passing that this will be over um and that you can do this that you can do hard things I always say that you can do hard things so if you're struggling right now my heart goes out to you I just want to send you some love and support and above all I hope that you guys are all safe and you are healthy okay so let's just dive right into today's topic so in this episode we're exploring the many ways that we can sabotage our picky eaters progress without even realizing it so This is a really common thing that, you know, we do a whole bunch of these kind of actions that we don't even realize sometimes we're doing and they're done completely unintentionally. Even the best of parents do these um, things that I'm going to talk about today. And it's common to see them when I'm troubleshooting issues or situations that come up in my clients only support group. This is a group that's exclusively for parents who have taken my online courses. And these parents may have begun implementing the material and started putting in some work implementing the tips but yet for some reason they're not seeing progress and almost always when I dig in I find out that they're likely or they are doing one of these things these are again the top things that I see which sometimes they can't even see or notice themselves unless someone comes in with an outside perspective so either me or a fellow parent might observe it happening and then point it out to them and we sometimes get in such a habit of doing things a certain way um that it's almost 
it almost takes looking at it from that bird's eye view to actually see the issue. So without further ado, let's just dive into what I'm going to call sabotage factor number one, and that is not being consistent with the strategy. So this literally means in all aspects of parenting a picky eater. It means not being consistent with structure. So by that, I mean not offering meals and snacks at set times throughout the day um, on somewhat of a schedule, right? You know, if you've been following me for some time, you know that I'm a big proponent of feeding schedules. It's not like it has to be set in stone, but it's definitely, um, you know, having somewhat of like a flexible schedule with routine times that meals and snacks are offered. It's a big, big thing. And when you're not consistent with that, you can start to see things fall apart. Or maybe it means not being consistent with exposures to different foods, meaning, you know, you've you've offered something a few times and then maybe you've kind of given up, right? You're not re-offering those foods that you've been working on with your toddler or preschooler. And again, sometimes you might not even realize that you stopped offering these, um, but it's definitely a big factor. Maybe it's not being consistent in your behavior and in boundary setting. And this is a huge one that I talk about, again, a lot in that toddler's course, but it could be something like not catering to your child one meal. And so you did really good there, but then you do give in and you cater to them for that next meal. And again, sometimes you don't even notice that you did it, but just not being consistent there gives this mixed messaging to your toddler and you don't see progress start to happen. And even not being consistent in your responses to your toddler. So maybe one time, you know, they're like, I don't want to eat this. And then you say, you know what, that's okay. You don't have to eat it if you're not hungry. But then the next time you respond with, no, you need to eat something, at least a couple of bites. And again, they're getting these mixed messages. They don't really know what the rules are. They don't really know what they can trust. And much of it is coming, in my opinion, from a lack of confidence. Maybe what happens is you start with the intention of following through on all the strategies of parenting a picky eater that I give you. And then somewhere along the way, you start to wonder, am I doing this right? What if I made a mistake last time that I did it? I don't know if I'm cut out for this. This is hard. I don't have the discipline to keep things going. I can't handle my toddler saying no or crying. All of these thoughts start to go around in our heads and we begin to doubt our decision to do things a certain way like we did that first time, right? And that's why really trying to build your confidence in your parenting and letting you know that you are making good decisions and just being confident and standing in that confidence and that you are doing what's best for your child is so important to me and you can do this right me being your cheerleader that is one of my main goals because this is such an important part because i know that this is such a key factor in making things happen acting confident even when sometimes you're not feeling confident and as a parent we go through many times of not feeling that confident but kind of taking that fake it till you make it approach and just acting confident anyway in front of your toddler is going to be a big thing because being consistent rather than doubting and just keep on doing what you've started, that is going to be a really big game changer for you. And consistency doesn't mean never making a mistake, right? That's that's totally opposite. That's not what I'm talking about here. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to quote unquote mess up a strategy or think back to a situation that happened earlier that day and say, man, like I was supposed to do this or instead of that and I didn't say that or whatever it is. That's totally going to happen and it's part of the process. And I'll tell you why that's okay. 
because success doesn't come from being perfect. It comes from this consistency in our approach. This is how success comes about, from doing things as consistently as possible, from making a mistake and then getting back up, getting on that bandwagon and saying, okay, no biggie, I'm just going to get right back on it. I'm going to get right back on that same train that I fell off maybe two or three or 15 times before and I'm going to try again to do what I know is best for them. Which leads me to the next thing that can sabotage our efforts to overcome picky eating. And that is giving up too early. Okay, so maybe we've tried out some strategies. Again, we've gone through some of the modules in my courses. You've implemented some of the tips and you've done it all for a week. And then you're like, um, Edwina, I don't see changes happening. And so we give up. And the thing is, change takes time and it can take a long time. Think about how long it may have taken for your toddler to get to where they are right now. It can take just as long, if not longer, to start to reverse things, right? Progress was likely happening actually during that week of implementing the tips, but it's just really hard to see because it was still so early on. And maybe it was because it wasn't the progress that you were expecting, but that's not because things weren't working. It's just because our expectations weren't aligned with realistic expectations, right? It's sort of like trying a new diet. Think of it that way. You know, you eat more veggies and you eat more protein and you cut out junk for a few days and or maybe it's even a week and then you jump on that scale and you're like, um, why haven't I lost 10 pounds? Why don't I see my abs yet? Or maybe you've even started a new exercise regime, which can take even longer to see results. And we work out again for a week and we're like, oh my God, like this is bull. What do you mean? I don't have a six pack yet. Again, I haven't lost five pounds yet. I haven't lost 10 pounds yet. (laughs) So think about it from that perspective. Please listen when I say that patience is key in the process. And that's part of why I like tracking progress and celebrating wins weekly. I actually get my clients to track what happens when they expose their child to a new food the first time and then the second time and then the fifth time and then the 15th time and the 30th time. Because writing it down, you can actually start to see the changes take shape over a few weeks and see where the progress has come. Whereas if you didn't write it down, you might have never noticed those little things that happened that you probably thought were nothing really in the moment you may have not even noticed it like maybe the first time or the first five times they went from complaining the minute they saw the broccoli on their plate to not saying anything at all but because they didn't eat it you're thinking well nothing has progressed nothing has changed we haven't gotten anywhere but you'd only notice that you know what they went from complaining to not saying anything which is progress if you maybe wrote that down and looked at it again from that bird's eye view over a period of time you'd be able to notice it then And it's also why I get parents on Instagram and in my clients only support group to report their weekly wins and send them in to me. We let each other know what feeding wins occurred, whether they're big ones or whether they are those teeny tiny small wins. And we make sure to celebrate them because no bit of progress is considered too small to be celebrated. In my eyes, when we celebrate them, we get the encouragement to keep going and that helps us not give up too early. So celebrating weekly wins is a really good practice to get into. You can really see the little things that are happening and see the positives. And instead of focusing on the negative things that have happened or haven't happened yet, like my child hasn't eaten the broccoli yet, and then you get discouraged and you give up too early. 
So focusing on those positive changes, that's what helps you keep going until even bigger progress starts to happen. Okay, now let's move on to the third way that we can sabotage our picky eating plan or a toddler's progress in picky eating. And that is overlooking behaviors that may be interpreted as pressure by our toddlers. I teach a lot in my Feeding Toddlers online course about the importance of not pressuring your child to eat or to eat or to eat a certain food before another or anything like that. Pressuring kids in a nutshell, what that does is the opposite of what we want. It turns them off of mealtimes. It invites the opportunity for mealtime battles to start and generally it increases picky eating all around. And the thing is, pressure is felt in different ways by different kids, but there are a lot of telltale behaviors that are known to be more obvious forms of pressure than others. And when I dig into those situations that parents tell me about, and I look at the play-by-play they're giving me for how mealtimes are going, I often find out that they're still pressuring behaviors that are happening, which again are totally unrecognized by the parents and are done out of good intentions, of course, because they want their child to eat. So for example, pressuring isn't allocated to just forceful or angry behavior like most of us might think. It's often much more subtle than that. And that's the type of pressure I'm talking about. It's more in the try another bite, you know, you need to eat before you leave the table or you have to eat some of your broccoli or even wow good boys eat their broccoli are you a good boy you know comments like that and the funny thing is when I ask parents is there any pressure that's happening around food maybe the answer is always no but of course again it's hard for any parent to see what's happening sometimes when they're in so deep into the situation and certain behaviors are just second nature to them it takes a lot of practice for parents to recognize the behavior in the moment and get good at changing it again this is where i like parents to reflect a little bit on what happens at different meals and then play out the scenarios in their head afterwards Now, the good thing is this is nothing that cannot be fixed. It's all fixable. It's all changeable stuff. But it's just definitely more of a common problem that I see that prevents picky eaters from moving forward. Okay, so let's go to the fourth way that we might be sabotaging our piggy eating progress. And that is by offering too much milk. Whether that be too much milk in bottles or sippy cups or open cups, too much milk can fill up a little toddler's tummy so much during the day that quite honestly, it just leaves no opportunity for them to be able to eat anything at mealtimes. Toddlers are not unlike adults in the sense that we need an appetite to want to eat or let alone eat willingly and enthusiastically come to the table. We want them to give broccoli a chance and yet that can't really happen when they're too full on three cups of milk that they just had earlier that morning. So we need to be cognizant of that. In addition, toddlers will come to learn that they don't have to try eating foods at mealtime because well, they can just fill up on milk after a meal whenever they ask for it, right? So we sometimes think that just because milk is healthy and it's nutrient dense, we can just give it in unlimited amounts and any time throughout the day because it's quote unquote not bad for them. But precisely because it is so nutrient dense, we need to recognize how it can be sabotaging their appetites and willingness to explore new foods. So I want you to think of milk as a food. It's not like water that we would have throughout the day anytime we're thirsty. It's an actual food. And if you know me, you know that I always recommend that food be served on a schedule. 
we eat at certain times throughout the day and then we do other things at other times throughout the day and food isn't offered freely whenever we feel like it or maybe whenever we're bored or we just want comfort and because milk is a food it falls within this category so the recommendation just to let you know is to limit milk to 16 ounces a day for children aged one and up and a few more ounces is not going to be a huge deal maybe it's not going to ruin everything but just limiting it to this much as much as you can means that you are allowing room for other foods to be eaten throughout the day so i hope that makes sense okay now for the final thing that can be sabotaging your picky eating progress and that is not agreeing with your partner on a strategy Ooh, okay, it is not always easy, I know, trust me, to see eye to eye with your partner on how to feed your child, let alone all other aspects of parenting. Again, sometimes I see one parent being totally on board with and implementing all the strategies that fall in line with the diplomatic approach to feeding, which is an approach that I teach in the Feeding Toddlers online course, in which parents have firm boundaries and expectations for their toddler, yet they're still remaining sensitive to their toddler's needs and preferences and are warm and positive and empathetic to them without giving up their authority. Now this might fall in complete contrast with how your partner might operate. Maybe they grew up on and maybe have come to know and believe in more of a disciplinarian approach where they take more of a do what I say or else kind of approach, demanding that their toddler eats a certain food or in a certain way, or maybe they're highly strict or restrictive or pushy. Or maybe they fall on the other end of the spectrum where they have more of a permissive approach. So, you know, that quote-unquote fun parent that says yes to all things, lets them have this and lets them have that. Maybe they give in all the time to their demands and they're overly sensitive to their child's needs. Now, when parents have two drastically different feeding approaches within one household, the child can get mixed messages and again progress is delayed or maybe even stopped depending on how much conflict there is. Remember back to point one about being consistent as much as possible with your behavior. This allows your child to trust in the rules and structure that you're trying to set for them and it makes them feel safer and more sure of the environment that they're in, which of course is necessary for progress to be seen. Now, again, good news is there's usually a way to please both parents in the diplomatic feeding approach, which is a really nice balance between the two extremes. And this is actually where the research shows most success is seen. Researching the topics together is probably one of my highly recommended tips. And going, of course, through the toddler's course together is definitely a, a great place to start, though I know that this isn't always possible. So even just relaying the major information to your partner and learning to pick your battles is enough to still see things move forward without having to stress over every single difference in feeding styles. I think this is a really big topic to unpack so I'm likely going to do a podcast episode on this topic alone for sure. Now, in the meantime, did you find this episode helpful? I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could please head on over to whatever podcast platform you usually use and subscribe to the My Little Eater podcast and give me a review, I'd so greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.